Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hidden World of Women podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Trisha. And today we are going to be talking about the stigma around periods. So before we start, we'd just like to put out a quick disclaimer that not all people who menstruate are girls and not all girls menstruate. Menstruation does not make you any more or less feminine than you are. So to all of our non-binary folks who are listening, we really appreciate you guys and we hope to make you feel as inclusive as we can. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So first we're going to start off with the origins of the stigma around periods. So we all know there's a stigma, of course, but where did it start? So many different cultures have different stigmas behind periods, but we're going to be mainly talking about the U.S. because that's where we were based. So in cultures that are even that are much, much older than the United States, um, it has been believed to have stemmed from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, um, even in the Bible, Leviticus 15. Um, It says that women on their periods are unclean and anything they touch is unclean until the evening. So that's one of a very, that's a very, very early sign of a stigma because, you know, it makes periods seem unclean, blood seem unclean. Um, And that, of course, has influenced generations and generations of people as Catholics who read the Bible and other cultures also read the Bible. So that's really, really where it started. Um, I'm sure that there was, you know, like Greek, ancient Greek before that and other things that may have included it, the stigma as well, but we haven't um, found any research on that. So that's not what we're going to be talking about. So then skip forward many, 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 many years to the 1800s when we started using the term periods um from the latin word periodis which means recurring cycles so that was the origin of the word period because you know we used to use menstruation and other words before that so that's important because according to a survey conducted by clue um there are 5000 euphemisms used around the world for word for the words menstruation or period which are the most you know accurate you know you've got like ant flow and um bloody mary i don't know if you can think of any others trisha uh code red (laughs) code red (laughs) that's a good one um yeah so basically that just shows how women have felt unsafe you know talking about their periods so they use code words you know it's very very much like when you like a boy right and you don't want to talk about him so you use like a code word i'm sure we've all been there and done that you know when we were in middle school um so although people may not think that these euphemisms are harmful they actually are because we're not talking about it in its real light right so it's it's like if you said um that it's like if you said this is a really harsh example i'm so sorry but it's like if you said instead of genocide you said like oh like a bunch of people maybe were injured or whatever and like some people were being killed or whatever but like no like it's genocide and everyone knows that genocide is a lot worse than whatever euphemism you might be using to explain it and the same thing goes with periods so you know it's just it just shows the shame that's around that women feel around periods and how unsafe they feel to talk about it um 
Yeah, no, like, I definitely agree. Like, and plus the euphemisms, I feel like they're so normalized. So, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, I mean, I know I feel, like, a little bit of shame when talking about periods just because, like, of the years and generations worth of stigmatism. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really weird to me because I don't know where it came from. Like, mm-hmm. if you think back to middle school, you know, everyone, everyone, like, started their periods for the first time. You... We're always like afraid to talk about it in front of boys, but I mm-hmm. genuinely cannot think of where I learned that stigma from. And I think that's very interesting. Right, right. I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'd always have like a jacket on hand just in case you're in your periods that no one would see you bleeding. <laughs> like, oh my God, <laughs> so scary. So yeah, I just find that very interesting. So then continuing on um, from the 1800s. We're moving from the 1800s now up to the 1970s was when um, TV ads were banned from talking about menstruation. So again, they're building on the stigma. Not talking about things creates a very big stigma, right? The more you talk about things, the more comfortable people are, the more people understand. So it's very important that people were able to get their information, but they couldn't because it was banned in the United States. So what does all this mean? It really essentially means that the men of the world are, are like uncomfortable when women talk about their periods. In a study done in 2002, um, they, the study found that men developed a more negative reaction to a woman dropping a tampon than dropping a hair pin. Like, can you even imagine that? Can you even imagine if women were like, oh my God, like you have a condom, like, oh my God, safe sex, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> or like oh my god this is like an essential item that you need tampons are an essential item that you need so I just find that insane um and that just kind of shows like why there's still a stigma around period days because a lot of like the big corporations are run by men yeah so in conclusion periods are super important they are not just a women's issue <laughs> they are for trans w- women non-binary folks etc you know and I think that opening the conversation about it is the best thing we can do for the education of periods and basically to end the stigma yeah yeah that's exactly like our purpose for this podcast we really just want to like talk about things that like I guess people don't really talk about like the fact that I mean I've never had like an open conversation about periods before like I don't know about you have you I mean I've definitely had some with my friends, but, you know, around guys, I always felt uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable right? Like, yeah, I get that. And, like, even at school, like, it's still, like, super hush-hush. Like, even yeah. though we learn about it in health, it's, like, still there's stigmatism. Exactly. And we don't even learn that much about it in health. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. Um... I guess our next section is really talking about um, a lot of different groups who lack access to resources. I mean, when you think about, like, your periods and, like, how much, like, tampons and pads you go through just in one year, like, that's a lot. And, like, even how much it costs, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, like, look at the price tag and, like, that is so expensive for, like, just an essential item. Um, And so, yeah, there's a lot of different groups that just do not have as good of access to period products as I I guess they even could. Um, One 
that I'm going to be talking about specific are periods in prisons. And this is super, super important because, um, as we know, the United States only makes about 5% of the world's population, but it makes up one-fourth of the world's prisoners, which is, like, really crazy. And also, when you think about a lot of the different, like, racial groups that are being overrepresented in prisons, it starts to become, like, a real issue. Um, and the discrimination in these prison systems has really impacted their accessibility to getting these resources. Um, so Missouri Appleseed, their our company was working with the State Department of Corrections to really investigate um, the actuality of how these women deal with their periods. And so they found that 80% used homemade tampons, whether it's made from clothing or, like, the free pads. And although there were, like, higher-quality pads and tampons that could be purchased at their, like, commissionaries, which is sort of like a corner store in the prison, many times they were too expensive. And, okay, this next statistic is, like, a really big deal because a box of 18 maxi pads with wings costs 538 in the commissionary and a box of 20 tampons tampons costs 536 but missouri prisoners without a high school diploma can make just 750 a month in certain prison jobs so or up and like up to like 850 even but that means that like over half of their monthly income is just going to buying pads and that's absolutely ridiculous that there is not like, measures in place to assist them with this. Um, yeah, and uh, going back to what Alex was saying earlier about the stigma and periods, so a lot of the male figures, they continue to, like, perpetuate these, the stigmatism. For example, in 2019, this main Republican state representative, his name was Richard Pickett, he argued against a bill that would give more access to period products, saying, quote, quite frankly, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, the jail system and the correctional system was never meant to be a country club. So the fact that he's using, like, just basic necessities for women and calling it a country club, saying it's, like, almost a luxury item, that that's absolutely, again, just so ridiculous. And this is why we're talking about it because it needs to be addressed and destigmatized. Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> any woman who's ever been on their period can tell you that it is no country club. Like no one ever wants to go through that, let alone without the right products. Like I'm sure most people who are listening to this have always had, you know, pads and tampons that their parents bought them growing up. But can you imagine if you just didn't and you had to try to you know, month by month, you were just trying to find a way to not not show anyone that you're bleeding. It's just, I can't even imagine. And the amount of stress that that probably causes for these people is just horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess next we sort of wanted to talk about, like, impact on people. And so we, want, we sort of want to talk about, like, our experiences. Um, I mean, we we did grow up in a upper middle class suburban little town but still again we've experienced a lot of stigmatism and like we just wanted to talk about it yes absolutely yeah Yeah. especially in high school I think that's something that we can all relate to and something that's very important to talk about 
So I guess, like, even in the schools, I don't know about you guys, but, like, we didn't have, like, access to pads, like, pretty much at all. Like, or if we did, they were, like, the those really crappy ones that you have to, like, pay for. Like, you have to put a coin in and then they come out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know you're talking about those, like, <laughs> nasty, like, cardboard ones. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh, ew. And, like, yeah. okay, we were talking about this earlier, but, like, bleeding out like there was times when I would literally bleed out and like I did not have a change of clothes and I I just wouldn't know what to do and so I'd be like just in trouble yeah and exactly like, oh sorry go ahead <laughs> no, no no go ahead go ahead finish what you were saying oh I was just gonna say like I you know when that happens too like you can't tell anyone like I just felt so embarrassed that I was like I'm just gonna tie a jacket over here or try to make my shirt cover it I don't know but yeah yeah like I remember being in middle school and sometimes I like I used to have a heavier flow and whenever like when I'd be on my period I didn't want to go to the bathroom to change my tampon or pad because you know that's just a pain um so what I would do is like I would just go to the bathroom to like pee right because you have to like bring your backpack in if you if you want to change your pad or whatever but I didn't want to so I would just like go in normally to pee and I would use like toilet paper to like make to like absorb the period blood like (laughs) that's just so it's so embarrassing to talk about how like because like even okay I've never experienced this but I've definitely heard horror stories about like male teachers saying oh why are you bringing your bag and you're like I am on my period sir and it's just especially educator I think educators should be more educated on that because you mm-hmm. know girls spend eight hours a day at school and you're not supposed to leave a t- tampon in for like more than four hours or something and they should understand that so I don't know that can be part of the education and destigmatization of periods as well definitely and like I just wanted to add on to that like I sort of have like a have your flow as well <laughs> um and there's only, like, two main times when you can, like, go to the bathroom to change. And, like, let's say you have to, like, go to a teacher's office during lunch. Then that's, like, all your time, like, taken up. And, like, you can't just, like, leave in the middle of class because, like, you have to take your backpack. Or, like, I don't know if you do this too, but, like, I'll shove a pad, like, up my sleeve. I do that, <laughs> yes. No, no. <laughs> but it's just, like, so inconvenient. Whereas if schools, like, actually addressed it and, like, made it a way to, like, integrate it more, then a lot of girls would have a much more pleasant experience, I guess. Exactly. And I feel like for girls, even, who don't have a good home life, you know, school's, like, their escape. And if they don't feel safe, you know, being on their period at school, I think that kind of can mess with their mental health as well. Also, um, with that... Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna add on um schools don't teach us how to deal with our periods either like they teach us oh like this is the uterus this is the ovaries this is where your period comes from but they don't like say they don't like in depth teach us how to and I think that uh, that's also a big thing that I wish I would have known right like I definitely would have benefited from that because like I remember when I first got my period um my I was so afraid to like 
put in a tampon and like I just could not do it like I could not how to like put it in so Mm -hmm. I avoided swimming for like years because Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to put it in like my I remember my mom like tried to teach me but I just could not figure it out and I feel like having maybe a demonstration or something at school right they teach you how to put on tampons on bananas I mean sorry they teach you they teach you how to put condoms on bananas why can't they teach you how to put a tampon in right right like same like literally same and the the bin where you're supposed to put your tampons in or like your pads and stuff like I didn't even know what that was for and then my mom was like oh yeah you're supposed to like that's where you're supposed to dispose of it and I'm like oh (laughs) so yeah (laughs) I have a horror story about that so when I was in middle school um, I remember I went to the bathroom and there were these two girls like doing their makeup or whatever you know the eighth graders doing their makeup and <laughs> I went to the bathroom and you know how the toilets are really gross right so you flush with your foot yeah so I like kicked my foot up and I kicked the bin off the <gasps> wall and all of the period products fell out and I was so embarrassed and those girls started laughing at me I just wanted oh, to no. die that's so mean of them it was so embarrassing I was like oh I want to, I want to fade away and, and cease to exist. Oh no! Aww. Yeah, that's just a fun tidbit about Alex's life. <laughs> I think I literally would have just like ran away and been like, "That was not me." Um, <laughs> just <laughs> fell off by itself. <laughs> Bro, literally, oh my god. <laughs> okay, so now that we've shared some very embarrassing stories (laughs) um we would also like to talk about periods and people with disabilities because you know just educating you guys will help eliminate the stigma as well so go ahead Trisha yeah I feel like this is also something that's not really talked a lot about because like if you think about it the current companies like the big ones they don't really take into consideration like people with disabilities Um, and like, I just want to be clear disabilities or like, like it's, it's a very broad topic. You know, there's, there's cognitive, there's like physical and et cetera. So not all disabled women have a hard time, but definitely some of them do. And I think it's really important to recognize that and, and talk about it, um, um so one disabled woman in specific she was like sharing her story we'll link that article down below it was really interesting but I just sort of wanted to share a quote she says when I was six I was diagnosed with idiopathic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis it didn't take long before I lost mobility in my fingers toes wrists and ankles it has only gotten worse in the decades after making it difficult to do seemingly simple tasks such as imp- inserting tampons without applicators or removing a diva cup unless I ask for help and that's not practical at school work or any place where I'm alone so again we really just there's not much information on it but if schools or in the workplace were able to integrate it way more efficiently then I don't think a lot of these women would have like the same issues that they're facing today and like even like our stories that we we shared like Alex and I I can't imagine what it would be like if if you needed help to like insert a tampon for instance yeah and I think even in the community of menstruators um if people who use the women's bathroom were more 
open to maybe helping each other as well because I think there's also a bit of a stigma between women I know it's a lot less than between um men but I think that maybe they would be able to help disabled people as well and I think that would help eliminate the stigma even in the community of people who have periods okay so we'd like to leave this off leave this podcast off on a super positive note so just to bring a little bit of hope to everyone um in 2015 a uk runner named karan gandhi ran a marathon which by the way is 26.2 miles while free-flowing after she found out she got her period the morning of a race mm-hmm. um, and she decided that it was just too uncomfortable to wear a tampon so she ran free-flowing and it absolutely blew up in the media you know there are some people saying like oh this is so unprofessional and of course she's an icon for women all over the world because that's you know free-flowing is the most natural way to have your period and I think that Honestly, that's so badass. Excuse my language, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's just so awesome. And she is a huge figure for women. And, you know, she has a couple TED Talks. So if you want to check those out, that'd be really, really cool um, to learn more about her as well. And another thing. So in Scotland, um, they are in line to become the first country to make period products free for everyone, which I think every country Um, period products should be free or at least without the luxury tax Um, because like we said earlier some people can't afford them and it's something that every sorry most women have to go through so there's no point why it shouldn't be free as well it's not a luxury so right like maybe take away some of that military budget and give women their period products (laughs) yes if only trump would listen (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's about all about for this episode. Unless there's anything else you'd like to say, Trisha. Nope. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, we really, really hope you guys enjoyed hearing us talk about this. We hope it was a little more relatable than some of our past content because, you know, we we want this podcast to be about women, but we just really, really needed to get those things off of our chest. Um, so we hope that this that our next episodes are very refreshing and they make you laugh of course because our period stories are very funny (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so thank you guys so much for listening if you'd like to follow our instagram it's at hidden world of women um so please give us a follow and we also are posting some informational content there so go check that out and without further ado my name is alex and i'm trisha And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.